Hey guys, welcome back to the Two Cents Podcast powered by Meaningful Minute. This, today's episode is the story episode. I love this episode because I love stories. It's the integral, crucial part to just about every single speech I will ever have. And I think that's one of the only common themes you'll ever find between my brother's speeches, all my brother's speeches, and myself, is that we love a good story. And in reality, what we are are storytellers, whether it's the story of Torah, whether it's the story of personal development, we are storytellers. In this episode, we're going to go through so many awesome parts of storytelling, what it means to be a storyteller, how a person is a storyteller on their, uh, by themselves, our favorite stories, stories we would never say, uh, topics in stories that we would never cover. It's really just a chock-full episode of awesomeness around storytelling, one of our favorite topics. This episode is being brought to you in the schut of our finding her zivug b'mehra. Guys, let me ask you something. Do you love this podcast? Because I know I do. But I also know something that you might not know. The only way that we get to do this podcast is with our sponsor, with the big, big help of our sponsors. Yad Lacham has been with us from the, begin- from the beginning. These guys are out there saving Jewish lives. That's not an exaggeration. They are literally daily saving Jewish lives. This is a modern-day Pidyon Shvuyan, and it is a mitzvah that you can very rarely come upon unless you're doing it hand-in-hand with Yad Lacham. Go on to their website, the website created exclusively for our listeners. I want both of you to go on to that website. I'm joking. I want you guys to go on to that website. It's saveaworld.org. That's www.saveaworld.org and donate, guys. We are relying on our listeners to keep Yad Lachem going, to keep them saving lives. You guys got to get out there and you got to support. They're the ones supporting us. They're the ones helping to bring you this content. Let's show them some love. Let's get out there and let's save some Jewish lives. Enjoy the episode, guys. Hi, everybody. This is Ari Ben-Shushan. And this is Yossi Ben-Shushan. And this is the Two Cents Podcast. Brought to you and powered by Meaningful Minute. Hey everybody, welcome back to Welcome back. The Two Cents Podcast. Welcome back to the Two Cents Podcast. I am Yossi Menchushan. I'm Ari Menchushan. This is the Two Cents Podcast. This is it. This is, this is what it's about. <laughs> um, so welcome to my house again. Right. This is uh, another one. Right. Another the, one at the house. Baruch Hashem. We have the ability. So um Baruch Hashem Hashem. And uh, this one is really, you know, we say before each one that this one is really, you know, something that we really enjoy. But, you know, each one, just to give them the process, um, it's not that we just make them up. You know, we did come up with a plan of having a topic for each one. for each one. What we talk about inside each one, you know, only the editor knows, like, where that's going to go. But so this one we call the story podcast. Right. It's it's really, it's, it's, it's a big part of our background. I remember Friday nights sitting at home. And, you know, Raidovi uh, and everyone coming over and just sharing stories. You know, people always say to me, like, oh, a barbecue at your house, at your fam- with your fa- like a family barbecue must be so. It, it's really a lot of jokes and a lot of storytelling. That, yep. That's really what it, that's is. what it is. You don't have a place at the table if you don't know how to say if a good story. Not, yeah, <laughs> if you're not, if you're not bringing, also if you're not bringing a story with you, you better be bringing a story with not you. Not so fast, little Timmy. Right yeah, now, yeah. That, that's the way it goes. Yeah, you better be bringing um, a story with so you. So it was really just trial by fire. Uh, you had to be able 
to know how to give over. We would sit mesmerized when our older brother, Rabbi Duffy, would come yeah. back from Eretz Yisrael when we were still kids. Yeah, yeah. And he came back with some of the most incredible stories, stories still to yeah. this day. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if we've yeah. topped his Israel yeah. stories. We never, we, we have, we have never. But all of them, I mean, in the sukkah, in just in general, really our, like so much of who we are built off of stories. And, and it starts, it starts from really before us, you know, mama, our grandmother and everything like we come from a long line of storytellers. Yeah, and, we do. That's and true. <laughs> everything for us is about mommy, even mommy's side also. Yep. You know, it, it's everything with us is about sort of getting that story. And we built our speaking off of stories and our education in a lot of ways, uh, uh, you know, off of stories, being able to tell stories. The best way to get to get information, to convey information over to people is by it's using the story. story. You know, um, I'll be honest, like a lot of times I'll hear a great story and think, all right, I got to build a speech around that story, right. you know, like not vice versa. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just to throw in some tire over here. I found this fascinating with Berkowitz told us in Kuali Haira, uh, which basically means the way that you get to become a dying or get to say Psach Halacha. Um, that's really what Kuali Haira means. But really by Rav Berkowitz, well before that, many of the Rav Berkowitz sheets before mm-hmm. that was just basically the dissemination of the Mesora to mm-hmm. Klai Yisrael. And Rashir Gaon writes that the way that the amazing Torah Shabbat Peh, the oral tradition was given over, was that a father would understand his son, a Rebbe would understand his student, and there were no set Mishnayot. There wasn't just like a Mishnah in Baba Kama that spoke about one animal goring another animal. Right. Rather, there was an abstract concept, something very difficult to explain right. straight, and you had to come up with a good story or a good mushal, and you had to know your son so clearly. If your kid was into matchbox cars, you taught the whole Baba Kama right. to get to the abstract concept through matchbox cars and you had to know how to give over a good story and so it's not just Yossi and I that come from storytellers Klal Yisrael I mean Hashem expects a father to be able to be a storyteller because of Pesach. Right. You know, to give over the Sipur. And, you know, to give over the way of saying over the story. And that's really our existence. That's really the totality of what kept us going throughout all the years are the stories that said over. So to me, this is a very meaningful podcast we're going to say today. We want to talk really about the stories that, um, I don't know, really have affected us. We like to say over stories that we feel connect with the audience because they connected to us so yes i don't know you, you want to kick this one off do you have a story to come to mind so many there there really are there are so many and and i really don't know i it, walking in i didn't know which direction i wanted to take over here am i am I, should i be telling stories that like have affected me in storytelling and you know i go back to Roy Dovey with this also that like when i would see him tell a story i was like i want to do that i want to tell over stories and yeah really you know in speaking and and the like what i do is is that I really want to tell a story. And when you think about it, we're all a story. Everyone is. Everyone's on a journey and everyone is a story. You can't be upset at a book. You can't be upset at a story at any point. It's just what's happening. It's the reality of what yeah. it is. You can you can not want that story anymore and that's fine, but the story is happening. It's not it, there's nothing you can do about that. You're just sort of witnessing it. And for me stories is how also I, I find people accept each other is understanding that that person is in the middle of their story. Stories have arcs to them and there's going to be ups and downs and the downs are just as important as the ups for the storytelling part of a person's life. So, you know, if your story is in a down, 
it's only because it's making the up more important. And that, that's really important to understand. You know, thinking about it or coming from it. I mean, Hashem's answer to Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe said, Why do you send me? Why do you do this? Hashem's answer to him is, is that I have to make Paroi stronger. Right. I have to make the down stronger right, right. so that when the up comes, when I do this Reina right. Tulia, everybody like, wow, that's his Reina Tulia. Right. So I said in a previous podcast, there are stories I don't like. And I think it's important to, uh, to what it goes. There are stories I don't like, um, and, and it's a personal preference. This isn't you know, me saying that these stories are bad. It's just a personal preference. I don't like you know, stories that are unrelatable. I, I tend to make fun of them in a lot of speeches. Yeah, I Stories. was once told because I I also do, and they say, you know, but those are midrashim, those are chaz, like not any in particular, but right. the ones that medrash are the ones that early rishonim like to always quote the king and his three sons. You know, right. things don't right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ari, what is one thing you will never start a story off with? Yeah, that's there was it. once a there king. There was once a king. Who there was it. once a king. I, no, I no, can't I, do it. I, I just you know, there those, was once a king. Rabbi Zai, he had two sons. One son, and then the other son with that, and he sent one son away, away and he kept one son next land. to him, and he said, his and trusted he sent advisor, his, he sent his, his trusted, trusted advisor, advisor, go find my son, and don't tell him that he's a prince, but right. I am so right. concerned about his, those and things, and then, and then they even feel at the end to have to tell you, and do you know who the king is? Right, you know who the king is, <laughs> right, okay, so yeah, so, 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 so now, nothing so against knows, those, right, and nothing everyone against knows my those pet stories, peeves. but that's a pet peeve of ours, there are people who have said to me, Rabbi Ari, how can you make fun of those? I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying that yeah, coming that back to like a different thing we've discussed in the podcast on how to give a speech or how to speak to people, we felt that relatable uh, things that really spoke originality uh, as yeah. well yeah. was something that because we heard those stories as kids so often from so many yeah. Rebbeim, we felt that it almost lost its pizzazz. It lost yeah, its sharpness. Yeah, you turn spark. off, you, you, your brain turns off at a certain point. So like, you know, certain stories I'm just, uh, I'm not into. Um, I, um, I also think as far as storytelling goes, like I think it's important just to preface things. As far as storytelling goes, there's a time and place for every story. So like a story that you're going to say to a crowd on a Tuesday morning is not the same story you're going to tell a crowd at a kumzitz with a fire going. Like right. it's just different. So, and a lot of times people will ask you, like, you know, I was by a Kumsitz once that you were by and you told this amazing story. Right. Um, could you come to our school and say on next story. Tuesday yeah. and tell Can the girls that, that story? story. It's just, no. I theoretically physically could, right? Yeah, but no, it's, it's not, not going to... You're, you're, not, you're not getting the same you're delivery. You're not getting the same story. You're not getting the same delivery. And um, so as far as stories go, you know, there's always this one story that just always... There's so many, but I don't know why this story, like... It does a lot for me because I guess because of what I do or, or you know, um, but it's a story about a, uh, a Rav that was a, uh, a Rav in a Yeshuv in Israel and his son, um, son he, he died in a uh, car accident and he was a very beloved Rav, this Rav. The whole community loved him and there was a group of teenagers that were more rabble rousers, if you will. They were uh, troublemakers in the community. And on Shabbat, they would break into the liquor cabinets and the shul. And, uh, but this Rav always treated them with an, an incredible amount of respect. And, oh, sorry. I'm just thinking. No, 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 the rabble rouse is like they would go into the shul and yeah. take the cholent yeah. out and not hold it. <laughs> not hold you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would trafe up the cholent right? for, for everyone. But that was that was part of it. One, one of the things was they were, they were not Shomri Shabbos, these kids. And, and the Rav... Um, 
he said he lost his son, but he was always he was always very sensitive and always very loving towards these kids. He was a very big rav, was a very hush of person, and a lot of people came to the Shiva house. Rabbanim, Gedalim, a lot of people came to the Shiva house to visit him. Sure enough, on the like the fourth, fifth night of Shiva, these kids showed up as as a group. The whole the whole group shows up. And they come in, they make a beeline, they go straight for the rabbi. And they say to him, Rabbi, I want you to know, till the Shleishim is over, next few weeks, we're going to be keeping Shabbos. And of all the people who came to them to say that they're going to finish Masechtas, they're going to learn Shas, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, the Rav was unmoved. He, he accepted it and he loved it, but these boys said that and he started crying his eyes out and he gave them each a hug and a kiss and they all left. One of the people from the community said to him, like, I don't understand. These big Gedalim, these big Rabbanim, these big people came and said that they're going to do all these amazing things. These kids, they come, they say they're going to keep Shabbos. They're only going to do it till the Shleshim. They're probably going to break it after that. You know, what's the deal? And he said back to him, it's a famous story, I'm sure everyone knows it, but he said back to him, you have any idea what I would give to have one more Shabbos with my son? You have any clue what I would do to have one more Shabbos with my son? These kids haven't been with the Rabbanu Shalom for so many Shabbosim. And they just told me that because of in, in the Zuchut of my son, they're going to come back home. They're going to come back home for Shabbos. You have any idea what that means to Rabbanu Shalom? You have any idea how beautiful that is? Beautiful. So... It's stories like that that really get to me. And the reason is, is that there's a reality there. There was an honest suffering. He wasn't saying that it's okay that his son's not there. He wasn't saying there was a real nahama there. There was a real lesson to be learned about not a totality. And, and this is a, a problem I, I suffer from, you know, in my stories, you know, people email me all the time and they want me to pull off a miracle <laughs> and they want me to, they read a, an article of mine. The article doesn't end there. I have 1200 words in an editor, right? I, I, I have to fit a certain amount that I need a certain oomph and I need a certain, and there has to be a readability to it. And, and, and a certain, um, although they're there really for educational, I, I want people to learn how to do certain things, but, but, there has to be a certain um, uh, entertainment aspect to it. I get that. It doesn't end there. Just because I ended a story that this kid's doing well doesn't mean that he's never going to have a struggle again. doesn't mean that he's never going to. There's a certain beautiful honesty to that. There's a certain beautiful honesty. When someone's telling a story, there's an art to it that leads a person to want to be better. That gives a person a hope for humanity now. A, a certain new hope for humanity, a new hope for their place in that in that uh, sense. So well, a story like that really, really illustrates that to me because there's no that's not a happy ending. You know, you're right. Those kids are probably going to not be Shomer Shabbos again. He's not getting his son back. But it's the best way to explain a very abstract, esoteric concept right. of finding meaning right. within loss right. and a perspective right. at no matter what hand you've been dealt it's really incredible and you don't walk away from that thinking that there was a lesson or a part of that story that was arbitrary right it was Those, all applicable to everything that that that, that, that works yep and, and and that's really you know a reb dovi would always our older brother dovi would always say to me 
he would say, Ari, the reason why I like saying so many stories, and nobody, I mean, not nobody, but Dovi's a massive, massive Tamachacham, yeah. and, and, and he's always looking for stories just because he says it is the easiest way to teach people. But he said something more. He said, Ari, people are going home not with all the other Torah we taught. It's true. They're going home with the story. It's a sad and truth. time and again, if you've ever been to anybody on Friday night that you just came back from a Rebbe Waxman speaking on Friday night at the shul, the only thing they ever repeat when they come is like, oh, the rabbi said a crazy, a crazy story. story. You know, that, that's just Pesach Kron, when, when you hear a Pesach Kron speak, I, I am so moved and changed when Rebbe Pesach Kron speaks. And, and, and it's, because, it's because of the investment also in those stories. There's just... It's a story. Stories are so much. Yeah, they're so magical much. on so many different levels. Yeah. So I have, I mean, there's this one that um, I would say it all the time. I, I always say, well, like, wherever I go, I don't know. I mean, I guess it speaks to me so much just because, maybe because of what we do, maybe because um, just in how we want to approach dealing with kids, um, dealing with people we try to mentor or people in our community that we try to help. Mm. Um, I, I love the story the story of Rabbi Arya Levine I just love this story it's a fantastic it's a, story. such a great beautiful I story and yeah. I have to say it yes yeah, yeah. I just I doesn't it. no just you should men. know everyone's thinking about the wrong story right now uh, well I, I everyone's thinking about the our foot hurts hurts us oh yeah no That's I'm not thinking right story. now I know you're saying no, the tea yeah. story yeah, yeah yeah of course I'm saying the tea yeah. story yeah um, and by the way I just came across another one recently from him I'm not gonna say that one tonight but um, just I love 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 this story so Rabbi Arya Levine Rabbi Levine, the tzaddik for Yerushalayim. Rabbi Levine was once walking uh, next to uh, school uh, during the winter of Yerushalayim in Eretz Yisrael. And he comes by the school and all the kids are playing out in the Contrary yard. Contrary to popular belief, it gets cold out there. Huh? I always tell people the cold in Yerushalayim is worse than the cold in Cleveland. Yeah, no, it, it gets is. Into you. It is because it, it, you get out of the shower cold over there. Like it's always cold. Yeah, there's no escape. Like I go from my living room in Cleveland, my heated living room to my garage, to my heated car, to my heated office. Like I never really have to suffer that much in the cold. Yerushalayim, yes, I just had wet socks. It was just always it was, it was always, always wet freezing socks, cold. No matter what, for two months straight, that was all there is to it. Waterproof shoes and wet socks. Nothing. It just gets right. The shoe was it. bone dry. It was a sock. Something like what? even the rain is Shea Oref is obstinate. The rain is like, you don't think I can get into here? I- I'm going to do this. And it's just, just all there is to it. But more than that, like even after you come out of the shower and you're freezing cold, but yeah. your towel never dries. Yeah, no. <laughs> you came out, you take your towel. It's like a brick. You're like, I don't have this yet. It doesn't. Oh, but but so so very co- and, and like we're complaining from the comfort homes and the times of Ryan Levine in, in the early 1900s. Yeah, there was a know, fire going somewhere. Now that's <laughs> all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, he's walking by this. He's walking by the schoolyard, and the kids are all playing out in the schoolyard uh, by recess. Now, they all of a sudden they hear that which is the ice cream truck sound. Right. But they did not have an ice cream truck back then. Right. Back then they knew what was up. They had the tea man, and yes, he would come and he would. Da, 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 da. I'm sure that that. Can that's I just, just make one point over here? Please. Can I just point out? So, you know, I I was doing a bullet point story, but th- this is this is the art of storytelling. What you're doing right now, which is the you're making this story yours, right? And and that really is for you, all the people out there that like want to tell over a story and want to. You gotta make, make the it, story absolutely. yours. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. absolutely. You, you you really have to just to pick just apart. Tell you know. everybody what you're seeing in your brain in the moment, right? 
And if there's something funny that you're seeing, you know what would be a great point. So then share it. I'm just right. like share the funny yeah. part. You know what would be a great point for a podcast for us to do like a reaction podcast where we watch Rabbi W. We watch Pesach Kron. We watch people do Doing a story and we can pick it apart right and, like and explain, just explain like, to them this is what, the move what the godless of what's going on over there because you have people like Pesach Kron or even Rabbi Dovi that are doing it very nonchalantly, subtly. very very subtly, and you think it's just natural, but there's so many there nuances and There was a plan of attack yeah, 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 on yeah, your yeah, brain yeah, that yeah, you didn't that know really, was coming. I'm sorry, guys. That's yeah. right. Um so no, da, 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 so you know he shows up, but it's the tea man. Right, and, yeah. and and there he is, and he has just a big old chinik of tea. That's a big hot water urn, a chinik. We say you hocking me a chinik. I, I mean I don't even know how that relates. I don't know and, how you and this is where China. this is where the original um, LL stewardess line came. Tay, 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 cafe, tay, cafe, tay, tay. He was banging the side of the cauldron. Her uh, great great grandfather <laughs> used to go next to old Chadarim <laughs> in Yerushalayim. That's how they got their start. Tay, tay, cafe. So this guy, he's going. He's pushing his. Uh, he's pushing his cart. Uh, he comes up to the yeshiva, and all the kids know um, the team man's here, and they all line up with their shekels to all get themselves a cup of delicious hot tea. And he has his different flavors, and they're all... Now, there's one kid standing off on the side. And Ryrie Levine is watching this. There's one kid standing off on the side. And this kid is so just freezing cold, and you can see his teeth chattering. You can see literally his knees knocking together through the holes inside his pants because they're knocking together now what did i just do with that by the way right yeah so again what we just did over i did not say the kid was poor (laughs) right it was it's a a brandished (laughs) lie i don't know if he had hole in his pants or not but i had to tell you that this kid was poor poor, but But i didn't want to say the word poor Poor. instead i told you that he had holes inside by his knees and they were knocking together and then you just put a picture of oliver twist in your brain and 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 that's that's ripped gloves right the ripped gloves and the whole thing you just saw a newsy right that's what you just saw standing there the whole thing yeah so um well, you're going to take a while to get through yeah, this one. Yeah. <laughs> so he, so the kid is standing there and it's through the chattering knees are knocking together. And the tea man says to the kid, which tea would you like? And the kid looks at him and says, it's okay. I, I don't like tea. Rabbi Art Levine goes into the yard and the tea man just shrugged his shoulder. And he kept on serving the tea to all the other kids. But Rabbi Art Levine walks up to the tea man. He gives him a shackle. And the tea man gives a hot of steaming delicious tea to Rabbi Levine. Rabbi Levine goes and hands it off to the kid standing there. The kid goes and he takes the tea. Now, I, I want everybody to see what I just did. Mm. You know, again, just, mm-hmm. just another pointer on how to tell a story. I just did himself. this. There are a lot of people when they do that, slow down with your hands. You have to use your hands inside of this. I think we learned from our grandmother, from Mama. You no, know, the way that that yeah. she would, she would literally hands, bring yeah. you in. You guys have to understand. She would tell us her stories in French. We don't speak, we don't French. speak French, but we understood the story. Everything that was happening. Also, my mom was an expert at pause. Yeah, she said more with a pause yeah, than she said saying with any saying, word. Yeah, and, and that's a lot over. She there. would say, you know, he took the tea. That's it. And, and she you, just knew, sit you there. knew right then she was looking at the tea. You felt she the tea in your hand. She was looking at the tea. You were then, warmed at that moment. And then she got upset at the tea, man. Weird. <laughs> Why don't you put sugar in there? <laughs> 
It's like, Mama, you're so caught up in your she own was- story. <laughs> and she would blame poor Mordechai, our uncle. He would help her. You know, just... Um, okay, so so <laughs> the kid gets the tea. He takes it. And the first sip he takes is with his hands. Yes, you know, like when it's freezing cold and the first drink you take mm. from like a hot cup mm-hmm. is just for your whole body. The kid mm-hmm. just... Oh, right. he just takes in the warmth of the tea. Mm. The kid looks it down. He makes a bracha as quick as he could. And then he just, look, 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 as quick as his throat would allow that hot elixir of life go down, he chugs down that delicious tea. Mm. The tea man turns to Rabbi Levine and he says to him, I don't get it. The, the kid said to me, he doesn't like tea. To which Rabbi Levine replied, he said, that's funny. You heard him say he doesn't like tea. I heard him say, I would love a cup of tea, but I'm too poor to afford the shekel. And what I use with that story is simply to tell people, never listen to the words that people tell you. Mm. Rather, understand their emotions behind right. what it is that they're saying. And we go into the concept There's of so being a true that, yeah. Jewish leader is to right. look into the hearts of people. Be a true uh, giver. To, uh, yeah, you know, j- j- just, just some, and I use that in Chinuch classes, what your children are saying. A kid doesn't say, Mommy, I hope you would die. The, the right, kid, they, yeah. they're not, they have an expression that their words are just not equipped yet with the ability to express that not in their chest. And so therefore, they're going to go within the 15 words that they have inside their repertoire of words to express. And they know that death is bad and I'm feeling bad. And so I know telling mommy that, and that's all your little kid did. They didn't mean exactly what it was they were saying. There's so much power that people stop and reflect for themselves. I do that. I just listen to people's words. I don't go further. I don't go deeper. And, and maybe I should. Like, maybe I should go beyond. Like, maybe I should hear what they're saying. So I love that story because that that story. Now, also, I want to tell everybody out there, yes, there are opening stories. There are closing stories. So, yeah. That's a story you never close with. That's a story yeah. you always open, open with. with yeah. There's so much to learn from that story. Okay, everybody. Our favorite time of the podcast is to talk with our incredible sponsor, the one and the only director of Yad La'achem. Yassi, this has been such an outpouring. I'm getting now emails from people who are telling me that they've gone onto the website, onto um, saveaworld.org, and it's really blown their minds. Because yeah, I'm- it's one thing to hear it. Yes, it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to see it. And then now Rabbi Gans is going to tell us something beyond just seeing it, some exclusive content that people can get specifically from Rabbi Gans. Rabbi Gans, please tell us what's going on. Thank you so much for having us on, um, having me on. Again, I, I have to work on my humility after that introduction every time. But I really, really appreciate it. So, you know, on the website, saveworld.org, what people have been able to see up until now and, and as now as well, is you know, a little bit about what Yad Lachem does, and including a video you know, montage of many women who were rescued. But I want to offer something very special to the Two Cent Podcast listeners and watchers. There's a story of Michal, and she actually came to America a while back, and she toured across the United States where thousands of people saw her. But of course, we cannot show her video, make it available for public for many reasons, including security reasons. However, for the Two Cent listeners, I want to ask the following. 
Just go to the website saveworld.org and make a donation of any amount. It could be a dollar, it could be a million dollars, although if it's a million dollars, give me a call because I don't want to pay the credit card processing fees. But <laughs> if you make any donation on the website, uh, saveworld.org, put in the comments, I want to see Michal's video. Michal is a woman who she was born in Israel and she was whisked away to Uzbekistan. Yad Lachem had to go and rescue her and her children. It's a real incredible story. And if you go to the website saveworld.org and put in the comment, I want to see Michal's video, we'll send you a link with an exclusive code that you can see the video for 24 hours. So go wow. to the website saveworld.org in the comment section, put please send me Michal's video and we'll get it to you. And it's something that will totally blow your mind. Rabbi Gans, wow. I, I'm sorry, I just need to point out two amazing things over here because to you, when you're living this as a daily, like you're going to drop these unbelievable bombs and not know you dropped them. So Uzbekistan, <laughs> that's not yeah, in yeah. East Jerusalem anywhere, right? I'm saying yeah. this is a whole operation. No, that, this just that, got, I was just thinking got, the same exact thing. I was this just, just became an international thing. Mission Impossible organization. Okay. That, that's actually very, very true. It, she came from Israel. They took her to Uzbekistan. We have to, she actually came to Israel. Then we had to go rescue just the kids. And the whole story of how last minute, it's really like, like a story. Wow. Like you said, that's the last amazing. On the airplane, getting through you know, customs. It was not a simple story, but you'll be able to watch it. Like I said, go to saveworld.org, put in, I want to see Michal's video, and you'll see the whole thing. And then, yes, guys, yes, guys yes, out yes, there. You're, you're going to see. It's going to be like the first guy to die. Jason Bourne is going to be the first one. <laughs> he wants to know how they, because even he couldn't have pulled that off. Right. I'm telling you, this, this video, this, this, uh, this clip is really, really amazing. It really, really is incredible. Um, everybody so, should go out there and, uh, and definitely donate to see it without a question. Um, but in, in general, you know, what you guys are doing out there is amazing, is really, really amazing. And for me personally, the reason why everyone should go out there and donate, and Ari, correct me if I'm wrong, the reason people should go out there and donate so hard is that what, exactly what Rabbi Gans just said, there's so little that they're able to tell you about what they do. It's, it's so difficult. They have to hide all of these things. Guys, we got to be able to support an organization like this that cares so much, not only about the people, but about keeping their privacy and all that. So get out there, saveaworld.org. Um, 718-633-2340. You guys got to see this clip. Thank you for having me, and we'll see you on the next podcast. I don't, I don't think there's a way to close out a story if it's not a personal story. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have some point. kind of a, a – this is a personal thing, but, but it, you know, it, 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 if you don't have some sort of personal connection. But, but what about that feeling? Like, okay, um, Torah anytime. I, I randomly was talking to Shimon. Torah anytime. Props to the Halegor of Shimon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Torah, what are you? Harav, Harav. I have him saved on my phone as Shimon Atzadik. That's, that, that's his name in my phone. That's his contact name in my phone. The problem for me is that Shimon Abramshik already took up that <laughs> Shimon name. Shimon Atzadik. So. <laughs> Shimon and Ruben. And um, this, this, this is how this, this happened. I go to the Agudah Convention. I was speaking at the Agudah Convention. I had a speech prepared. And I go in. I see Shimon there. And he was like running his thing. And I'm schmoozing with him. I go up to my room and I, 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 I was actually on, I was with my wife. I'm trying to remember what happened, but it was, it was a crazy week. And there was definitely a lot of uh, a grunt, gruff work I had to do with a cap on. So I, I wasn't, I was very unruly looking at that point. And um, so I had to go up and, and shave and shower and get ready and, and shave, shave, shower, shower and feel, feel a bit shoot. shoot. 
So that's what I was doing. And I went and I took care of all that. And I was in a bathrobe and it hit me. Something happened months beforehand. And I quickly threw on like literally, I think it was my pajamas. It was middle of the convention. Like people walking around, came running down in the elevator. I go running over to Shimon and I pull him aside. I'm like, Shimon, I need, I'm speaking in literally 20 minutes. I need every detail of that story you were telling me one time about how you became from, because it, I realized like, and I switched my whole speech right then because of the story that, that was being presented to me. And I could barely focus the entire speech because I knew that story was coming. It was coming. I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear how Yossi, that story I was I saw come when you came to that part of the speech, I'm like, uh-oh, Yossi's about to drop something big. I, 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 I saw knew it was a bomb. Yep. And I knew it was going to be a moment that maybe in speaking you'll get five times. Maybe. If you have a whole career from beginning to end, you'll have five of those. Maybe. And I knew it was going to be a big one, and and I had a, I had to savor that that moment. But that story of, you know, Shimon and Ruben, and how, and and again, I love imperfect stories. I love them, because the the rabbi. Um, See, but yes, one second. You, you're about to say the story, but you know, you just ruined it. Yeah, meaning. Well, See, well, I mean, it's out there. No, 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 no. But what I mean to say is, is that the power of that story, and by the way, this is something to like let everybody yeah. know because this is the story podcast, is that the power of Yossi's story over there was mm. that nobody knew, no one knew. No one knew. Yossi yeah. was talking about Shimon from Shimon. Torah anytime. No, the beauty. The whole bomb of the right. story was. No, the whole bomb of the story for me. It was. The yeah. best part of the delivery was when I did the, and we'll, we'll go into this now just for one second, when I did the. Do you know who that little boy was? What, right. The, do you know who so that little I boy did was? That, so the beautiful part of the delivery of that, if I may say for myself here, was that it was it was it was a double fake because I did. Do you know who that? Okay. So do you know who that little boy was? What, what that means is is that's a joke uh, we we go between, which is uh, the famous Kumsitz, um People you know, have girl, to know what that means. I, I mean, no, it's I good think at this point it. everyone does. It's good to explain it. Case, but, uh, yeah. um, there's, a, there's a comedy <laughs> bit I like to do about the Kumsitz speaker that always gets up and i always do it as a girl because why not so she gets up by the comes and she says some story like everyone's all into it and she says right and she says some story about um about how I'm, I'm the this girl, yeah this girl this girl overcame and over this and she grew up not religious or whatever and she overcame and she this and that and at the end of the story it always ends the same no matter what, it's always going to end the same. And she's going to go either it's one of two endings. She goes, and do you know how I know this story is true? Because that little girl, that little girl was me. And she does the pause for dramatic effect. I know I'm amazing. That's it. I just... No autographs. No, <laughs> and or or the other option is she's like, do you know who that little girl became? That little girl became Reb Moshe Feinstein. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry. I have a few questions. <laughs> Did anybody just follow that? It's I just... have a few questions about that story. So not now we're around right, the campfire. Not... <laughs> don't ruin the don't, moment. Don't ruin I was the just Makar of everyone at the time. Right, don't, don't ruin the moment. <laughs> so... Like so, in that Shimon and Ruben Kolyakov story, the Torah anytime story. So what I did over there, 
was a double fake. It was like, do you know who that little boy ended up becoming? He became Shimon Kolyakov. And the whole crowd, you had to see them. The whole crowd was, was like. Was let down. Who? Yeah. And that was the amazing part is you have no idea who that guy is. Until I say what he's done. You have no idea who that is. And yep. that was the whole concept of the speech was that you'll never know. Like you you might not even know till now. And if I didn't say that story, you might have gone the rest of your life never knowing who has been giving out all that Torah to Kali Yisrael for all those years. Thousands and thousands of hours. Hundreds of thousands of people and so on and so forth. And that's the power of that story is that people were like, I don't even know that guy's name. No one knows my name. I don't know what I've done. I might not even know what I've done. Like, there's so much. There's so much behind that. But that Shimon Rubin Kolyakov story for me is 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 a killer. Um, I, I I still think you have to say it. The story. I think so. I okay. just because people, you know, what if people didn't um, see the I would convention tell them to go look or it up. whatever? <laughs> because go look up it's, on the convention. It's because yeah, because I think, like you said, I ruined it. But I ruined it on purpose. I know, but so it's so Shimon Rubin Kolyakov um, grew up. As uh, public school kids, and Ruben, uh, Shimon, it, it, the story he told me, and this was like, it's amazing. I mean, it really is an amazing. He went out. He he wanted to buy his mother something, so he went out and he bought her a necklace. Can't one second. Can I just say? The entire time, though, I'm only picturing him inside the vest. The vest. The, with the Torani no, time vest. The, the Torani time vest. Like, even in the picture, I see him as, like, a 10-year-old kid or whatever. Yeah. He still he just still has on the Torani time vest, vest with no arms on it. Which, by the way, is a side point. If you ever need a hug, go to Shimon Kolyakov. He yeah. gives the best hugs yeah. in the world, yeah. I'm telling you right now. He gives them out for free like yeah. his content. He's, yeah. You know? <laughs> his hugs are as free as his yeah. content. So... As a little kid, he wanted to buy his mom something, and he bought her a uh, necklace, and he brought it home, and his mother opened up the box, and she saw it, and he's like, I saw her face just fall, and she laughed, and she gave me a hug, and she never wore the necklace, and I never understood why. So I got a little older, and I realized he bought her a cross. Wow. And he had no idea. Like, he had no clue, anything, like, that it was bad or that, you know, that it didn't, whatever, just nothing. So they spent years... Um, being non-religious, and then they went to a program. Even I have to look up the story again, to be honest, but um, they went to a program. I forgot the rabbi's name even. They went to a program, and this rabbi, but the amazing part of the story for me, this rabbi was, uh, you know, working with them, and it finally came time to go to high school, and this was like a big Kirov moment, you know, I'm going to send them to a Jewish high school, and it didn't work out, and they didn't go to the high school. Now, for me, in that speech specifically, the point was was to keep on trucking and to keep on helping right. and to keep on, no matter what. I know, I know people. I know me. I might have given up then. I mean, like you know what? If this kid doesn't appreciate it, if his parents don't appreciate it, I'm just then I'm, that's it. Then you know, there's so many other people to move on. I mean, really, what is this kid going to become? Even if he didn't go to high school, I'm saying, really, what effect is this going to have? Really, what? And the thing is, you don't know. You have no idea, and you, you have no. Yeah, right and more to than that, that, you thought the only possible yeah. chance in. Yeah, yeah. This and, kid's yeah, life yeah, is yeah. going to be this Jewish high school. Now that it isn't, Brachel sure enough, a few years said. later, he shows back up to the rabbi and he starts to learn with him and he starts to do. And then a few years after that, you know, he knows a little bit about websites. So he starts posting one rabbi's like uh, content, you know, online just for people to. And then it became more and it became more and it became more and it became more till it became Torah anytime. Tor and it's incredible. Became, but. The, the concept over here is that there were so many opportunities to give up. 
so many opportunities. I love stories like that. I yep. love stories that that have that that full start, that have that you know where everyone uh, where everyone gives up. Obviously, I love underdog stories. I don't want to go there. Okay, let me tell you why. No, let me tell yeah. you why. Yes, I don't want to go there because there are certain aspects of storytelling that you start to talk about the underdog or you start to talk about like these different type of things. Um, and people think that maybe it worked out for them, for that person in the story, but it didn't work out for, or would never work out for me. For me, yeah. So therefore, I like the underdog story. Right. You know, and I like to go to the underdog, underdog stories. But I like to go underdog if it's me. Or if it's somebody like very close to me. Or if it's somebody, see, a lot of times people get upset when the Menchushans, when you say, or if I say, I tell people all the time, I'm really not smart. I'm really not that mm. smart. Yeah, or, or because, really there, were, because there were kids in my class who were much, who were much, much, much smarter. Yeah. And, or that I, I know I'm not as learned as so many other people. Meaning coming from that underdog standpoint, I like to try and show that the underdog standpoint is something from a place, not even from so far away, but right. something from a place uh, that is just really so much closer. So I love, I love the, I love the underdog. I love the underdog because one of the points I like bringing out about the underdog is that you're only an underdog if there's another dog. Like you only became an underdog because you're comparing yourself to that one, and the whole thing doesn't start then because there was no reason for you to be comparing yourself to begin with. It's apples and oranges. You're, uh, you're a completely different thing. I always like bringing that there, out. Unless there's a reality of underdogs that constantly right. keep on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Um, um, other stories. I mean, like see, to so, me, see, but I, I like then to go the other way completely. Meaning, I like to then take huge people and show you how simple they can make themselves. Right. The story of Reb Moshe and the kid. Right. I love, 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 love that story. story yeah. I just, you know what? I'm just going to, I, because no, but let me see. There's a back part to that story that, I mean, it's a, somewhat of a famous story, but nobody knows this other part. Um, there was a speech of Reb Moshe, of Reb Moshe. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. There's a speech about Reb Moshe by the Siyam Hashas, a beautiful story that was said about Reb Moshe, not this past Siyam Hashas. I believe it was a Siyam Hashas before that. Um, about Ramosha Feinstein that he had finished Shas 101 times and that he had called a nephew, a relative of his, and he had said to him, um, uh, come over to the house and make a Lachayim because uh, I just finished Shas. And he said, finish Shas? You always finish it. I said, no, I finished it 101 times. Uh, wow. And so the beautiful uh, message of that, whether you're finishing it 101 times or one time or whatever it is, don't, you know, everybody has their, they were walking. So now what people don't know is that uh, a bunch of my friends who live on the Lower East Side. Um, I went to high school with a bunch of guys who went to the Lower, lower East Side. And I should say, um, they were walking Reb David Feinstein over Shalom. Adams, big, big <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I should say Adams, Chaim and Shire Katz. Yeah, yeah, my my guy, the closest Yidden. Chaim Katz. A Chaim Katz. What a Yid. He mama saved me after he saved when, you, yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. after I got out of yeah. sick. I owe him so yeah, yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So they were walking him home after um, they're walking Reb David. Of Ashalom. They're walking with David Feinstein home on Friday night after the Siyam Hashas. They said to Reb David, Is that story true? Reb David Feinstein said, Look, I'm sure my father finished Shas 101 times and even more. Whether he called or he didn't call out the tie, he's like, But I wish they would say other stories about my father. Oh, wow. 
Everything stopped. Traffic, everybody, because everybody knew what was about to go. Yeah, the whole to go down. Side, yeah. Everything just stopped. People because started pulling up lawn chairs. That's it, yeah. because when David Feinstein's about to drop the mic on something, <laughs> and they all just stop, and they said, yeah. They said, Nuram Davin, what's it? What's it? And Rab David said, I wish they would say, so they're like, what kind of story, Rabdavin? Go ahead. What you got? So Rabdavin Feinstein said, you know, we once, we would go up for the summertime. They would go to uh, Staten Island in the summertime by Rebruven Feinstein. <laughs> I did that because I, I was going to stutter on Staten. Yassi knows me. So- <laughs> okay, let me explain to everybody. <laughs> let me explain to everybody what just happened. I... I have a certain. (laughs) I have a certain tell. I have a certain tell when it comes to my stutter, and um, Staten Island is impossible for me to say certain times. Even during a speech, it's impossible for me to say. And I know when I say the story, I'm coming up towards Staten Island, and I'm gonna have to get past it. So somebody do a pause, and over here, Yassi did not help me. I threw it to Yossi. Like, maybe just say those two words for me. And Yossi's like, no, it's your story. But the you amazing part is that you did say it. And then you like, you did this congratulatory thing so to yourself. I was so proud of myself. You were like, I'm like, like Santa. I'm Whoa. like, the first time around. It just flew out of my mouth. Yossi, it's like the feeling of coming up to like a door that has a combination lock and getting the combo right on the first yeah. time. Oh, like somehow I got that, through that. That would actually be a funny story to tell. Yeah, guys. Wow. But yeah, now I can say Staten Island all day. Yeah. Staten Island. Yeah. You know, yeah, because once you, you get it. past it. Now that you did it, yeah. They go to Staten Island for the right. summer, yes. So they, they go and to... And by the way, I'm sure they didn't go to Staten Island for the summer, but go ahead. No, because they Rebuilding Feinstein no, has Yeshiva. Right, but they... No, okay. but they would go there to, okay. to Rebuilding. Yeah, okay. That's uh, a... Yeah. Back then, I don't know how F cars could... <laughs> If they got out of the Lower East Side, they were happy. Yeah. So, okay. They went somewhere. And um, the famous picture of Reb Moshe sitting by the picnic bench mm-hmm. with the us out. Reb Moshe Feinstein. Um, he's sitting there learning. And, you know, the amount of learning that Reb Moshe would do, if, if you read the story about his life, uh, it was just, it was legendary. Uh, he would finish Shas once a year by learning mm-hmm. 49 blot every Friday night. Right. You know, I mean, just so his Hasmada was legendary mm-hmm. of how much he would learn. He's sitting there by the bench going through the Gemara. And there's a little kid off to the side, like a 10-year-old kid. And the kid is throwing a ball just up in the air. Just catching it, throwing it and catching it. Ramesha sees this kid. And... To me, again, I'm taking in the whole effect. Yeah, yeah. Rav grew up in like the worst parts of Europe and the Gehenna that he went through, going through. I mean, he knows what a bad day is like, right. you know? And he sees all of that. He sees this kid. Rav closes his Gemara. He walks up to the kid and he says to the kid, Hi, my name is Moshe. What's yours? The kid looked up and said, My name is Shalami. And, and again, like what we didn't, with that part of the story mm-hmm. was to just bring the simplicity mm-hmm. and the beauty of it. My name is Shlemy. And Ramesha said to him, Shlemy, what are you doing here? Why aren't you with your bunk? And Shlemy said, well, to tell the truth, they're all playing sports and I wasn't chosen and I'm just not good enough to play with them. And Ramesha said, not good enough. He grabbed the ball from the kid and he said to the kid, Shlemy, 
go long. I'm going to have a catch with you. Now, I don't know how far the guttle of dark can throw. <laughs> I think he throws like a girl. You know, I, I, <laughs> I have no idea. I was just thinking, you know, like, I, I, how, how, how far can he throw? Doesn't matter. But the picture, what I would have paid to have been a fly in the wall yeah. to see the guttle hadar. Throwing a ball. Throwing a ball. Because at that moment, he knew Kalaniusrol don't need me to give a psak on something huge. Kalaniusrol doesn't need Ramosha Feinstein to go and to tell them how or where their hashkafas should go out into the existence. Right now, what Kalaniusrol needs, it's all in a 10-year-old kid who thinks he's not good enough to have a catch with somebody. I, I I love love stories right. of giants who show us their giant status is from the simplicity right. of how they teach and how they deal with the everyman. Right. So that story would also go like towards an end or a beginning. I have a middle story, yeah, like a middle of Ramesh's story that that this would th- th- this would fly into the middle of his speech for a second for a laugh. Also, um, would be the uh, you know the Rebetzin Ramesh wasn't feeling well in the Rebetzin. Uh, there was a wedding. Robinson had to go to a wedding, and they said, uh, and she said, "I'm not going because you know you can't." She said, no, "No, no, go, go, go." She's like, "I'll go, but you can't answer the phone. Don't answer the phone." He's like, "No, we're not going to answer that. Everyone, his phone ring. Uh, I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm not going to answer the phone." So Robinson said, "Okay, I'm going to go, but you can't answer the phone." He said, "Okay." So she goes to the wedding. She's from she's sitting there. Learning phone starts to ring. It's like I'm not answering the phone. Ringing, ringing, ringing. It's just not stopping. It stops for a second, starts ringing again, ringing, 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 ringing. And my just sitting there, it's like, no, I said I'm not going to answer the phone. He's learning. And he starts to think to himself, hang on a second. I, someone in Kleisrol needs me. What? what I, 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 how did I even say I'm not going to answer? Someone in Kleisrol. And he's going through this whole turmoil, whole turmoil. And I says, someone in Kleisrol needs me. And he jumps up and he runs over the phone and goes, hello, this is Misa. And his wife says on the other line, I knew you couldn't do it. I'm coming home. <laughs> I have no idea if that story is true. <laughs> All I know is is that to me, that story speaks volumes about so much, about so much that I love stories that 50 people in a crowd will take it 50 different ways, but all of them are learning something from it. And and that that really is the beauty of stories. I love personal stories. You know, there are certain, so I'm not going to go into it now, but story of Yonatan and the way, I, I just want to say like two ways that they can take it. A wife can go home from that story and say to her husband, you see? You say, yeah. Reb Maisha, even Reb Maisha mm-hmm. Feinstein listened. Yeah. And the husband walked home saying, you see, you certain see. times, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't it. listen to you. Even Reb Maisha didn't listen. <laughs> You know, it's amazing. I'll never forget. Rav Pesach one time was giving a, a speech. He was giving a, it was a, more of a class to speakers. I think it was a, it's, it was a million years ago. Mommy sent us that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. Was a, and he said one great story. I think it was about Rav Aaron that uh, that Rav Aaron Cutler got into a car. Someone was driving him somewhere, and he said, "This is a, spe- a story you can never say in a speech." Um, Rav Aaron Cutler was driving in a car somewhere, and um, the they just came out with seatbelts in cars. So the driver said to Ravaron, can you put on your seatbelt? So Ravaron's like, why? He's like, because of safety. He's like, Ravaron Shalom takes care of that. I'm not, I'm not putting on my seatbelt. And he's like, Rebbe, please put on the seatbelt. He's like, I'm not putting on my seatbelt. He's like, this is stupidity. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. He's like, Rebbe, please put on the seatbelt. He's like, he said, Rebbe, took me out Toiva. Put on the seatbelt. He's like, ah, Toiva for a yid. Right. <laughs> and he puts on the seatbelt. He's like, you can never say that story in public because now everyone's going to say if Aaron Paskin, you're not allowed to wear a seatbelt. Seat belt. <laughs> it's yeah. lack of a muna. So, you know, it, it's it's a story does does so much. But for me personally, a story 
has always meant for me a story has always meant two things if it's a story in a speech it's the magic of the speech and the reason it's the magic of the speech is is that till today you know we call it a, a disease a benchushan disease but but i i believe it a I'll cry during a story I've said a thousand times. Yeah. And to me, a story is what connects me to all those people that are in that crowd. And that story is an experience that we share together. You know, any of the time I'm going to say over it, it's important. I'm not saying that. And, and even the lesson that I'm trying to bring out is I'm sure is important. When that story comes up, we just shared an experience. There have been times that, that we other couldn't... people... I couldn't make it through to the end. I, yeah. I, like a lot of times I get choked up. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times even my wife is like, Ari, just grow up and get through it. Yeah, but, it, but it's a shared experience. It, it, that, it's something like, like that uh, shared emotions. experience you have with the crowd on, on giving a story. But I think also just knowing that there is a story afoot. Right. Which to me is it's how I would end exciting. this. Yeah, I, that yeah, let's end I'm it with this constantly, thought. I'm constantly of the mind. We just did that that. Um, I think it was a backyard confession, whatever we were doing, but that idea that like people are like, how 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 do you and your brothers have so many stories? How do you that? So I, I say to them, I'm like, N- I don't live a, I promise you, I don't live a more interesting life than you. It's just that I need to speak that week three times, four times, five times. I need a story. I need one that they haven't heard yet. So I'm constantly looking around to make sense of something in my life to have a story from. There's so many things. My story of Yonatan, I was saying before, my story of Yonatan being born from Shabbos and that whole thing. I could have let that one go. That one could have could have yep, just slipped, slipped through, through my fingers if I wasn't paying attention. Right. You got to be paying attention. You have to develop, even if you're not a speaker and if you're not a storyteller, you have to develop the ability to smell when a story right. is afoot. If your kid didn't get into the school you wanted them to get into, start paying Paying attention attention. something is going on that's right something is happening someone went to the hospital start paying attention something is going on you're about to experience something amazing and if you don't say over the story no one ever will it's going to go away forever so i guess our message at the end of this is the greatest story you're going to tell is the story of you so if you want to tell it start paying attention to it because it's pretty amazing there you go all right everybody my name is ari ben shushan Shushan. and Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to uh, Meaningful Minute, to TJ, to LA for being such an amazing host. Yeah, but Baruch Hashem. Los Angeles. Yeah, L'chaim. L'chaim to LA. Have a great night, guys.